welcome, welcome, welcome to Arock 20. It is March the 30th. This is an impromptu podcast and I've been very um, delayed, I think, with getting anything out because I've been going through something quite personal and I'm going to share not a lot of details about it, but the roots and the, I guess, expression of what's happening to me right now. So I've talked about this person I was seeing and called him, even labeled him my boyfriend. Well, that's over now. So I'm going through the breakup and the aftermath of the breakup. And I've really been dissecting myself, my reaction to the breakup, even my role in the relationship, and maybe what I could have done differently, and really just looking at myself. Um, the thing I'm learning about a breakup is, I think there is discomfort with that feeling of the person not being around anymore. Routines change. You know, um, you're, when you're in a relationship with somebody and you're enjoying that person and, and it's over a period of time, you tend to grow um, as a couple and you start to create experiences. Um, and so these bonds get formed, um, especially even if you've um, shared the L word and um, you're in love and something may happen that ends that relationship and it's almost as if you, you can't necessarily turn off the feelings immediately. And you have to, what I'm learning for the first time, because I've had breakups before, but I'm really, because I'm at this point in my life where I'm doing a lot of self-reflection, I'm really sort of dissecting it all and saying, why do I feel like this? And what does it feel like? So I feel... With this breakup, there's a feeling of clearly loss and there's a physical sort of achy, I feel sort of achy in my chest and my throat and I'm way better. I think the first couple of weeks I was sort of out of it and I really wasn't sleeping very well, not focused on eating, um... And I just really couldn't even concentrate. I tried to really occupy my mind because uh, that's apparently what you're supposed to do so that you're not sort of reaching out or, you know, kind of just focused on this person. So I try to focus on myself. And um, it's been about three weeks and I'm feeling better now. I'm feeling really focused on myself. I'm very deliberate with all my acts. I've been cooking for myself and... You know, I've met um, a couple of new friends through this whole process. Actually, people that I knew that really stepped up. I just happened to share it with them. They caught me at a moment and I shared what had happened and they have really stepped up in a place in my life. And it made me also see the importance and the, the depth and wealth and breadth of relationships with other women. There, I think other women tend to come together in these times because we all are familiar with the pain of a breakup. Um, women feel, women we know we have a, familiar, a, familiar, a familiarity with the pain and the discomfort. We have a, there is a feeling of our sister going through something, us fellow woman going through something. As women, 
we go through so much anyway that I don't think we highlight as much as we should. You know, just the um, when you get into relationships with people, not making sure that it's the right man. And um, we when we first begin dating, I think we try to figure out the way this is supposed to be. And we're taught, we hear so many voices telling us, well, if a man does this, then it means this. Um, he's supposed to do this and you're not supposed to do that. And we follow the blueprint, right? Because we all are taught from the time we're younger that we're supposed to find this Prince Charming who's supposed to wash it all away, who's supposed to heal us, who's supposed to complete us. And I think in this case, I was married for such a long time. I didn't really do that. I didn't really date. And so the last six years, um, dating has been quite eye-opening because I don't even think dating now would compare to dating, let's say, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, with the advent of the internet, right? So so now thinking now in my 50s and dating, um, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of added components. I think the internet allows somebody to be somebody they're not. Um, and you can create an image based on your dating profile, dates on your social media footprint, and even the way you communicate, you know, if you're communicating through text messages and, um, the lack of face-to-face -face communication, a lot of things can be built up a false image, um, through text messages, through even telephone calls. I don't even think that even maybe 30 years ago, we were talking on the phone as much to people. You know, we just like the automatic thing would be to somehow you meet through friends or you meet when you go out and then you go out on a date and then the talking begins. Um, so I think that women have this familiar, it's all familiar with us. All these things, we all go through these patterns and breakups and a breakup is hard. And, and nobody wants it. Sometimes I think a breakup can be so hard that people can be kind of phobic about the feeling of a breakup, that pain, that discomfort. And they'll prolong a relationship that really should have ended a long time ago um, because of the fear of the breakup. Um, and I think that one thing I've learned just from analyzing how I feel is I realize that that pain and discomfort is a time for me to really go internal and look at myself and look at what I want and look at what I need and take care of myself. And then really, I think this pain is my transformation. And I, and I kind of did this analogy of when a butterfly, when a caterpillar goes into the cocoon, right? Where they're going through the metamorphosis, you know, the caterpillar, right, is when it's building the cocoon, it's a lot of work. And it's to me, it looks like it's a lot of discomfort. And even when the cocoon is formed, it the cocoon is so hard and it just looks uncomfortable. And But that's the transformation that's going on within the cocoon. And then when the cocoon, when the butterfly emerges, even when it emerges, it's a lot of work. And then the butterfly will sit there and let the wings dry out. You know how their wings are all crumpled. And for the first time the wings start to open. And they'll sit there. 
and the wings will be up and they'll just be drying out. You know, as they're getting ready, they're getting ready and then they take flight. And I wonder if that's what we're missing. I always think as humans, we are aligned with, with, with nature. And I think there's so many examples of that metamorphosis, that change that happens. When a big life change happens, there's some discomfort, some trauma, some, some, something that there's some demarcation that you'll always remember. So I think about that and I've, I've embraced that to think that after this breakup, I come out of it renewed. And I'm starting to feel that. I feel so internally calm right now. Um, I don't have any regrets because I really still believe that that, that that person was an oracle, another person, another messenger on my journey. Every single person I've met, male, female, you know, any men that I were I was in relationships with, they're all messengers. They all were part of my journey. Um, a great friend of mine who remains just such a pillar in my life said, after talking for multiple hours about the situation when I was really at my worst and gave this great analogy about you're when you're with somebody, you're both traveling on the highway together and then all of a sudden something happens to them. This is their exit. They have to go, right? This is not my exit. So this is you break up, they go off on their exit and do whatever they need to do. I need to keep going. I don't need to hang around at that exit and, you know, or even get off on that exit because that's not my path. My path is to keep going. And then I'm going to, obviously, as I go along, I'm going to meet people on the journey. And the journey, we all will end up at the end. We're going to get to the destination, the same destination, right? But we're going to get there at different times. You know, I've been so calm about this lately and and I've had some major talks. I had a really great talk with a really good friend of mine who, when I kind of just rehashed the relationship with her, I remember her telling me, and I'm going to do a shout out. I hope she she does listen to this podcast. Her name is Joy. And she told me, you are, you love so beautifully. Do not change how you love. There's nothing wrong with how you love, Okay. But I think the one thing that she taught me that stood out, she says, but it's, you have to be more cognizant of the love you receive. Okay? Because that's the, 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 that's the imbalance. Okay? And I, I, that really hit me. That really hit me because I think that's, that's part of that whole, the way we treat ourselves, especially as women. I think I've met so many women on this journey who when we talk, they've been through so much pain. They they live in a level of pain that becomes normalized. They carry the pain of maybe embarrassment, humiliation, shame, and they build a life on that. And we don't talk about it. And uh, as women, we just keep going. And there's a sort of element of we I don't know if we think we're supposed to be martyrs when we do this stuff we're seeking martyrdom but it's not good it's not healthy you know I've realized the imbalance of love can really break a person down and um, 
when we have to really face ourselves and we say, well, this is what I'm, what I, what I accept, what, what am I accepting? What am I allowing, you know? And why am I doing that? Because I have to value myself. And again, I'm really honestly realizing that these things happen for a reason. These times in our lives, I don't think that I'm going to be turning, so I'm going to be turning 55 in April. So I'm realizing that I look at my parents, for instance. So my parents at, in their 50s, at 55, what were they doing? And I'm looking at myself now, if, when I'm turned 55, what am I going to be doing? I'm really excited about my life because I have probably more control over my life than they did of their lives. Um, I really plan to travel uh, this year, especially it's going to be the beginning of the travel year. One of my biggest um, wishes, I think, after this breakup is to really enjoy times by myself even more. Like, I love my little home. I've started a little garden. But now I want to try really traveling alone and being able to really take in places and really understanding that there is no danger. There's no danger. There's no fear that should be driving me. I should be able to take in these places and really enjoy them. And obviously have some wits about me, not that I'm going to go around blindly going, oh, you know, with my purse hanging out, but really take in this time to to really enjoy this earth really enjoy these places that I want to see, like Barcelona, to go to Paris, to be able to take in all these great um, sites with this amazing architecture and really savor it. The goal is to live a life that's full of love, that's really deliberate, that I'm spending time with really quality, good people And the love that I'm giving to them, I'm also receiving the love. There's a balance, the balance relationships. And I really am committing that. I'm really committing to that. And um, I think this breakup has made me see that. Um, When this podcast airs, it's going to be also followed after with another podcast, which I'm actually going to do today. I'm actually going to record it today with somebody that I happened to meet. um, And she was this um, young black woman who decided to just randomly move to South Africa. She's, She's planning on going. And what I'm realizing is it kind of, I, I met this person a few weeks ago, um, just a few days after the breakup, and it was so random. And I said, wow, you know, like, life goes on, right? And and God, the universe, the angels still continue to present me with these people. I cannot stop. I cannot just curl into a ball and just shut myself down because of the loss of a relationship. Life goes on, and these are the signs that are shown to me. You know, I'm also about to change my job next month, which is going to be really amazing, just for my the stimulation of my mind. Um, and start a new venture for a few months in another another area. And all that's going to help. It's all about taking care of me. You know, being on this earth for 55 years has been a real privilege. 
It's been one hell of a journey. I've been very blessed. I think I, I feel like to, to be at this point in my life, I'm realizing even the bad times, the bad events have been paramount to me getting where I am now. That I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into the stress, the, the discomfort of those times and accepting the transformation that's about to take place. I'm accepting the cocoon that is the trauma, that is whatever, you know, the, the upsetting thing and to come out better the other end. So again, this is a highly personal podcast, but the whole podcast has, is, is personal. This is my journey. This is my life. I'm not going to hide anything. Um, that's just where I'm at right now. And I'm really, really feeling the renewal, the beginning of the renewal of myself the calming, the healing, the new beginnings. Um, I'm opening up the door to a new world and meeting new people. And I'm really just going to let the universe just carry me. Carry me where you will and we will have the fun and the joy. And so by the time I'm like 85 years old, I don't have any regrets. That I've lived the life I wanted to live on my terms. And I think that's really the key to my happiness and my journey. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Um, I hope it wasn't too dark for everybody. I know that this pandemic has been a time and it, it, the irony of this whole situation was this, this relationship really was, flir- was, was part of the pandemic. And now we're coming out of this. I think maybe that may be part of this too, that I'm emerging from the cocoon of the pandemic and what that means is shaking off the relationships and all the negativity or positivity and all the things that got me through it, good or bad, during this dark time. You know, I hope people that are listening, you realize that we have made history, we're part of history. How will they look at 2020 and 2021, you know, 10, 15 years from now? We don't even know the effects this pandemic has had, uh, and we won't know. The effects it's had on children that didn't get to go to school. There are children that didn't even get to see other human beings for the first year of their life. Um, There are people that lost family members. There are people that, family members that were destroyed just because of the disputes that took place about getting vaccinated, not vaccinated, believing, you know, taking on, is this even real? Um, just people that died in isolation, that were estranged from family members. Um, there's positives too. There were positives where people actually renewed their friendships, renewed their relationships. You know, children were born in this pandemic that probably wouldn't have been born. Um, so I think we're all feeling some effect of this and we're coming out of it now. And we can look back and take a breath and go, wow. You know, we're part of history. Um, That's what I'm taking this for. This is part of my story of 2020, 21. And also the fact that I would never have done a podcast. I would never have done a podcast. I would never have been writing the poetry I write. That person that I broke up with was part of the, was instrumental in that. Um, so So there's some blessings there, right? There's some blessings that have changed my life. And I hope that even me doing this podcast and reaching people that this can be a blessing to you that's listening. You know, we're never really alone. 
when we open up our hearts and our minds and our hearts, we can reach so many people. So I really hope this reaches you. I hope to give everybody a blessing. If you're going through a breakup, I want you to take it as embracing this cocoon and coming out of this transformation. It is just temporary. I'm, I, I mean, we're in this together. This is the human experience. The pain will end and new life will begin. Your life will, re- will begin again. It's just a blip on the horizon. We got this. So take care, enjoy, and keep listening to Arock 20's podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Arock 20 again, and here we are now almost in the middle of June. So that means it's summertime, right? And, uh, Summer of 2022. What's that going to bring for me? Well, I've been doing a lot of soul searching, as you all have known on my journey. Um, This has been a really exciting couple of months of resetting and identifying where my gaps were, really. And I keep saying this, and I really hope that if anybody's out there, that's going through any kind of breakup, loss, maybe loss of a job, loss of a friendship, loss of an intimate relationship, things like that, the loss, Um, I really have to keep on promoting this leaning into the pain because the transformation is phenomenal. You know, I'm feeling 100% myself for the first time being myself, to be honest with you, right? To be really calm, to have taken the time to really just reset 100% and just kind of take a breath and look at really where where my pain is, where the pain comes from, the origin, and what am I going to do about it? I realized that when I've listened to other podcasts that are about self-help or the audio books, Um, I just didn't see myself in any of that, right? Because at the time, I'm so blinded by my own fear of pain, my avoidance of what's really going on, and I'm really ultimately looking for something to read and to guide me that justifies my behavior and justifies my fears. And I've realized that's not good. That's not what it really means. Um... I'm not knocking any of these self-help things because I think they do work. Um, But I think you have to do it in conjunction with, you know, going inside and doing the work. Um, Going to therapy. I mean, the one beautiful thing about a therapist is a therapist has no skin in the game. Yeah, they want you to get better, but there's no emotional um, relationship. There's no emotional connection. So that's kind of my recommendation to get to this point because I'm finally breathing. I feel, um, I don't feel this tension. I don't feel this sort of um, need to justify or create something that's not there, you know, meaning a relationship, okay? And I think as women, we tend to do that. I just want to put it out there to any women listening to this because to understand that we're taught this fairy tale as we keep discussing. But the reality is 
male or female, whatever story we're told, whatever path we are told to go on to or we're influenced by, we still will face ourselves at the end. And it may be during some kind of catastrophic event, it may be during some kind of moment of enlightenment, but it's going to happen, you know. I believe it happens probably way too much on people's deathbeds when people know that they're dying because that's when they really find themselves and really have the to have to do those those hard questions really holding ourselves accountable. So um that's kind of my story. I've now just been around some I've just moved into a new role, into a new uh position, new contracted position. And I'm finding that it really helps to be around people that are just loving and just good. I think there is definitely a mentality with humans sometimes that we tend to become part of the group that we are either working in or living in. The the kind of collective mindset becomes the group, the, the culture, the... the um, the, the way that they do things. And one, I'm blessed to be right now in an environment that's super healthy. It's kind, it's calm, it's efficient, and it's given me peace, it's given me pause. I do have a drive that's quite long, it's about 45 minutes, but I'm using that drive to do some major thinking also. So I'm really just taking the opportunity to continue this reset. And I just want to say this too, um, when I'm talking about these things, I really want you to know, anybody that's listening that's going through something, I'm with you. Because I was on the outside looking in, when I'm looking at other people, friends, people that love me, that are giving me these, love yourself, all these things, and it's so painful, it's so painful, just stay, stay with it, stay the course, and actually say these things to yourself, say really claim what you think is worth that is that you're worthy of also pray you know pray pray to god pray to figure out find that way find that 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 freeing space um that's what i've been doing and even just the exercising you know the human body is a, is really remarkable i just started off doing little things i could barely do five push-ups just um just totally disclosing this. And now I'm just knocking out 15 to 20, which is big for me. When this this is in the space of like three weeks. And I'm feeling better, right? Um, I also did a sabbatical away from alcohol. Um, and I really found that that was so much better for me. It wasn't clouding my judgment. It wasn't affecting my sleep. Um, I just kind of felt overall just super healthy. And I know that if any of you are following the Facebook page, uh, my Instagram also, you see that I'm obviously into cooking. And then I've also found this love of gardening, which I think is one of the closest things to nature. I think that it is the human experience to grow something. I think that's the design. It's the beauty. It's that we're, we're aligned again with nature. So I'm really, really enjoying that. Um, I just want to talk about a couple of other things that have been on my mind. I've really kind of been looking at my career and how when I first started as a nurse in 1996, my career 
was my focus. I think it was a way for me to claim an identity in a role as a nurse. Um, many nurses that you talk to will talk about nursing not only as a profession, but like a calling. It's their, it becomes their persona. It becomes who they are, right? Because it's such a a, a role that is so... There's so such reverence given to it, such respect for a nurse. We don't, you just have to say you're a nurse and it's like, oh, wow, you're an angel, right? It's given to us. Um, many of us that are, are in the nursing profession or in healthcare know that healthcare does not always attract wonderful people. It also is a very, very secure safe haven for people that aren't so nice, okay? Um it's just the reality of what we do. Um, I think the just dealing with people, sick people, anxious families of sick people, um, doctors that are over maybe overwhelmed that has a has they have a huge caseload. Nurses that are overwhelmed. Just this whole emotional kind of potpourri of things going on. This whole. It's like a magnet, it's dynamic, and it's stressful on all levels, no matter what you're doing, whether you're a med surge, whether you're in rehab, whether you're in an ICU, whether you're in the operating room, because it is, it is the demands of humanity and the emotional toll, the emotions that come with dealing with people. So all those things in general are rough, right? And that becomes... And, and and I realized that I had taken on this role and it was, it's almost like a, um, a way of me not really dealing with the real me because to identify myself as, as a nurse that's going into battle every day. And when I say battle, I mean battling the systems, battling infections, battling, you know, preventing harm. It's like you go into with your armor on, your scrubs are your armor and, um, I think that kind of, for me, kind of gave me some kind of satisfaction in a way to sort of hide behind the real pain. And um, it fed into my um, kind of words of affirmation because you get these affirmations from the patients. If you do a great job, you're going to get the thank yous and the wonderful things from their families, you know, the wonderful comments and even your colleagues, right? So the negatives that come with working in that environment also are balanced with the positives that come from it, right? So I think that this is why maybe a lot of people are drawn to it. Um, and what I'm looking at is my role. I've kind of felt like I've given everything I have been able to give, which is a lot of emotional and mental stress and just energy that I threw into my my role with everything. Um, I've got into nursing leadership and, you know, you would think that if you come in with knowledge and this desire to do good and to build systems, that you would have a great time. You would be welcomed and it would be an easy passage, but unfortunately, what gets in the way of those um, beliefs and this this mission is human human emotions, maybe with your colleagues that come to the surface. Um, 
jealousy, competition, negativity, just people that are burnt out, right? So these are the factors and you yourself become burnt out, right? So the role I have now is not, is a lesser role by my choice. And because I've realized for me, like that chapter in my life where I want to take on these massive problems and, and, and redo systems and deal with um, some of the inefficiencies and the bureaucracy where it's just like wearing me down, where I have to create workarounds for broken systems and I have to stand in before nurses and give everything, give that locker room speech every single shift to encourage them to reach into their hearts to ensure that they're going to give the same intensity of work and love and critical thinking to every patient. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's, it, it is nursing is exhausting. And I think my role now is perfect for what I'm doing. Um, I do take a step back and now I've been able to take a breath and say, wow, okay, what a ride that was. And I'm not, I try not to be critical of now my colleagues who are in the fight, who are, who have taken the, taken the wheel and are working those long 16 hour shifts, trying to create systems and trying to to prevent harm and trying to move the numbers, move the metrics, move the metrics, you know, and just keep patients safe, just giving it everything you've got. Um, I pay much respect to these people that are doing that because it is a calling for them. And that's this is the moment they have in their life. I think what's interesting, though, is when we get people doing these roles, they're usually younger people, obviously, which I was at the time. And I had young children at home or um, so that's I think it was detrimental for me because I found that there was a one point where I just became so obsessed. I was answering emails at, at home after doing a 16 hour workday, then coming home and just going through my emails on my iPad. And I kind of like just relished in this craziness, this this madness, you know. And it's just good to be able to step back now and to, to kind of just have the vantage point of being um, almost like a grand arm. <laughs> I'm not going to age myself too much, but just the, that feeling of just, you know, having just stepping back and allowing people to, to, to grow and do what they see fit and, you know, giving my advice whenever I can. But I know that the system of healthcare is a monster in itself. It's a machine. It's massive. It's multi-layered, it's complex, it's complicated. It's easier said than done, you know? And um, when you choose to step in the arena, it is, it is mind-blowing. You, and if, especially if you want to do it well. You know, you get to learn about yourself, you get to learn about the human condition, what people will do, what people will, the lengths that people will go to. And, um, you know, just the, 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 the big huge cauldron that is healthcare. And I went on this whole tangent was because that's part of my growth too, because my I'm calmed down about my career. I've realized that my career was just a means for me at this point. My focus is now the care of Cora, which is a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent to me. It's always number one. It has to be, um, 
and it's down to the minute things. You know, I just, like I said, I, I've got a new obsession with body washes, okay? And I've just found some amazing body washes that just make my skin feel great. I mean, my sheets, my sleep is precious. The food I put in me is precious. It's it's healthy. It's good. It's safe. I'm now growing my vegetables. I think I brought that up to you guys before, and I've put some of the pictures up. So I'm really making progress with that. And I'm open. I'm just open to everything open to possibilities, open to my life and being in control of my life. So I've got some days coming up soon and I'm sort of having this kind of dilemma as to thinking, not that this is, this is not a bad dilemma. So let me just own that. Okay. I'm very grateful for having this dilemma in quotes. And the dilemma is like, what am I going to do? Because I have some days off and it's about five days off and I want to do something pretty unusual. Like I've been thinking about going camping. I used to really like to camp when I was a kid. And um, I haven't did. I never did it. I never did it again. I know when I was married, I'd always ask my ex, should we go camping? And he'd always say, well, we have to plan. And I think, well, what do we need to plan for? But that was just always the putting off, putting off stuff, right? So now that is my goal. I hope to be able to give you guys an update to say, what did I do with my week off in June? And hopefully I did go camping. I'm brave enough to do it. I've got the perfect vehicle for it. And um, I think I'm going to really enjoy that. I want to be able to sleep outside, that fresh air. I want to be able to put my feet on the ground, my bare feet, and just feel that. They call it grounding. So um, I want to be able to just do that. Relax, chill out. There's such value in rest. There's such value in relaxation and enjoyment and and just, you know, being around a campfire, hopefully I can do that. I mean, hopefully this whole, you know, there's always these wildfires going on in California. So hopefully I can, um, I don't know, like be allowed to do that. We'll see. But I'll let you all know that. Um, so I've rambled on enough about these things. And I'm really hoping that you've got something out of this because I think I've I've come out of the other end of the tunnel. And I'm feeling so good. I really want to share it. And I want other people to really take note and to try it themselves. Um, one thing I want to really say is, I think, something I've learned from my whole, this whole journey has been the, you cannot put so much into another person more than yourself. I think that's kind of key. I think that's where we lose ourselves because um, you should never sacrifice your own, your 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 just your your survival, for somebody that that does not even value you or or anything. It's just you have to focus on yourself first. You know, it's that whole. It comes down to the whole scenario, like when they say on the plane, when the oxygen masks fall down, right? They say for you to first cover your your mouth right with the mask before you even attempt to help whoever's in the seat next to you and that to me sums it up like you can be so obsessed with making somebody happy and forget yourself in the process and what's also powerful is to understand that I'm not being negative with this but it's just an observation I think sometimes there's a little bit of human nature in people that when you are so giving 
and so willing to give and love somebody that they tend to kind of, it's this temptation to just kind of like, mm, disregard it. It's not really important. They're always going to be there. You know, so there, there's a cost that comes with that, in quotes, reliability. Um, there has to be a balance. If you take care of yourself first, and then you're of almost sound mind to make these decisions. You're of sound mind to make the right move, to make the right choices, to, to be able to always put yourself first, as in, you know, make these questions part of your daily routine. You know, how do I feel physically? How am I feeling mentally? Do I feel safe? You know, if I feel that the situation I'm in is causing me anxiety, then there's a problem, right? If I'm in a relationship that's causing me, making me anxious, questions are never answered, that I feel this constant pain, this, this, this ache, this emptiness, you're not, you're not feeding me. Ultimately, I'm not feeding myself, right? Because I've also, I've come into this situation. So, and it's the same thing. And the reason why I brought up my job is because it's the same thing. Like I can, that's actually a big, huge pitfall that it, I actually got quite sick, um, maybe about five, six years ago. And that's kind of what brought me to a standstill with my job in a way, because there's no limit, right? There's always this constant need work that is work is always undone. There's always there's always projects to be done. So work can be a huge distraction that you can throw yourself into. And then the reward, yeah, is the money and the accolades and the bonuses and all those things, right? And and that's kind of the sort of death trap, if you will. Like, um, and you can you can say the same thing can happen in a bad relationship, right? You're just throwing yourself into it every day and giving everything you can and telling them how much you love them. I love you. I love you so much. I'll do anything for you. I'll give you this. Da, 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 da. Meanwhile, you've, you just kind of have lost yourself, right? I'm like on my knees and there's blood on my knees because I'm on the gravel telling you how much I love you. Da, da, da. You don't care about my knees. You don't care about me begging. You don't care about any of these things, right? And that's the point. Like, we got to step back from all these things that surround us, all the things that drive us, and really look at us. Look at yourself. Are you okay? Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. It's the only way. It really is. It's the best way. And you know what I think? I think when you do that, you teach your children. If you have children, you become a real role model for your children. You can become a role model for your friends around you. You can become role model for somebody that doesn't even know you, that sees your transformation, you know, sees what you've been through. You can just be telling your story and you reach whoever to give them the impetus to make the change for themselves, to take care of yourself and to be alone, to enjoy yourself, you know, to be alone. Like what a, it's, it's the most perfect state because I can tell you from me right now, me being alone has now also allowed me to meet some amazing people. I'm calmer the way I meet them. Um, and I've created just great friendships and connections based on this new me. And this is just recently. People have just kind of fallen into my world. And I think it's, and it is related to my, my, my pause, my gratitude, my happiness with myself. My cup is overflowing, right? I'm overflowing. So, 
you know, I, I hope this is a great entry into summer. Um, this is going to be an amazing summer. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to claim it for all of you all. Um, don't worry about the COVID numbers ticking up. It's going to be okay. We've been through the worst, I'm convinced. So I want to make sure that you get to feel the sun on your skin, um, that you get to enjoy some hot, humid nights out there, listening to some great music, maybe going to some concerts or outdoor festivals and really enjoying life. You know, listening to smelling cut grass and listening to bees buzzing around your ears. Just totally enjoy this summer of 2022. Thank you for listening. It's another one in the books. Arrow 20.